Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Guardians 8, the Kansas City Royals 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And this is what I'm talking about. You're supposed to be racking up wins against the Kansas City Royals of the world. That's a good job by the Cleveland Guardians, jumping out to an early lead in this one, not taking their foot off the gas, adding more runs, more crooked numbers throughout the game. So let's get into the storylines and let's see how the Cleveland Guardians won this game. And let me tell you something, man, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes this whole concept that I came up with storylines within baseball games, yeah, sometimes it's a little thin. Yeah, one of those, that 2-1 game uh, last series against Detroit, it was a little thin on storylines. This game is heavy with storylines. My God, I got storylines that last the entire game. I got storylines that last, you know, half an inning. I got storylines that last in at bat. Um, you know, I've got storylines that carry over from yesterday, and that's where we're starting. Jose Ramirez. Uh, the Roy- It's interesting watching the highlights after the game. Uh, I always watch the highlights the next morning just for a refresher. And uh, they, you know, they cut back and forth between every broadcast. So they'll throw in a little of the, you know, the TV side, a little uh, Underwood. They'll throw in a little Hamilton or Rosie from the radio side. Then they'll go to the opposing team side. You know, if it's something going on with them, they'll throw their broadcast into the uh, mix there. So you do pick up little nuggets from, you know, a set of broadcasters that you're not necessarily watching the game with. And, you know, picked up some interesting things from the Kansas City uh, broadcast. And that's, number one, their manager did not get much sleep last night thinking, my God, we should have walked Jose Ramirez. So what do they do in this game? They walk him twice intentionally. They walk him three times total in the game. And guess what? It leads to a lot of runs and a lot of sticky situations for their pitchers. I don't know if in today's game they're going to make that same decision with a base open because uh, they paid for it. They absolutely paid for it. So let's get into it. We're going to kick off with the Guardians offense and this intentionally walking Jose Ramirez storyline here. So uh, first, credit where credit's due. Bobby Witt Jr. makes an, a great stop and a great throw to get Miles Straw to kick off the game. Uh, his defense was pretty good. It would let him down a little bit later in the inning, actually. It would lead to a run. I wouldn't say let him down, but he couldn't make the same spectacular play he makes against Miles Straw. Ahmed Rosario then hits a triple to the center field wall. Uh, maybe a catchable ball by Calius Bell, but he's worried about the wall and it throws his concentration off. And yes, we have been hard on Ahmed Rosario's defense. And because, you know, this year has made it clear to me that Andres Jimenez is an elite, elite shortstop defensively. And his bat ain't bad either. And uh, so, but it doesn't take anything away from what Ahmed Rosario adds to a lineup. When Ahmed Rosario gets cooking... Now, he's only hitting 236 with a 585 OPS. Okay. But when Ahmed Rosario gets cooking, uh, his speed on the bases is a big difference. And he was not letting up at all. He hit that bag, and he was going hard, hard into uh, going for third, going for that triple. He was not going to let up off the gas at all. I will tell you, his expected batting average this season is 287. His expected slugging is 438. Expected weighted on base is 331. Actually, the highest of his career. So that's telling you that, yeah, he is getting a little bit unlucky there. 
his hard hit rate is actually down from last year. He was at a 43.5, which was by far his highest hit rate, hard hit rate of his entire career by far. First time ever over 40 for a season. It's at 38.6 right now. So yeah, he is getting a little bit unlucky out there. Those expected batting averages tell you that the way he hits the ball, you would expect a few more of these to drop. And remember, he flew out deep to the wall in uh, Detroit a couple of times, got a few line drives stolen by their outfielders, by Daz Cameron. So yeah, so he gets the triple here. He gets a little bit of bat bip luck and gets the ball. He puts it in play and he gets a triple out of it. So they decide to intentionally walk Jose Ramirez. Now, honestly, it almost pays off because with one out, Owen Miller chops one to shortstop. And Bobby Witt is quick enough that he probably could have turned two on this, except Jose Ramirez was running on the pitch. Was it necessarily a hit and run? Was Jose Ramirez just realizing that this was a count that Owen Miller might swing in and going on the pitch? Was it a straight steal? We'll never know, but he was moving, which keeps him out of the double play. Bobby Witt's only play is to go to first, get Owen Miller. The run comes in to score. Ahmed Rosario comes in to score. Boom, one nothing. Then Oscar Gonzalez. Then the rally really gets going. Oscar Gonzalez then chops one to... Uh, actually, he doesn't chop one. He hits one really hard. Uh, what was the exit velocity on this? Uh, exit velocity was 107.6. So he hits a rocket at Bobby Witt Jr. who can come up with it but can't really spin and make the throw. Can't make an accurate throw. Gonzalez moves down the line pretty well. Uh, he doesn't have much in the percentile rankings yet on his stat cast page because he's, you know, He's five games into this thing, but they do have his sprint speed in the 77th percentile. For a guy 240, 6'4", 240, that's 77th percentile for speed, that's pretty good. Uh, so he gets down the line. That brings in uh, another run to score. So uh, I'm sorry, that moves that moves runners on the corner. Doesn't bring in an RBI yet. I apologize. Puts runners on the corner. Ernie Clement is who drives in the RBI. Clement first pitch swinging. Now, I was dogging Clement a little bit. Uh, not as bad as Hiram Boyd was on Twitter. If you saw that little exchange, Ernie Clement definitely won that battle. Um, my God, I, why would you be dogging players constantly on Twitter? Like, why go after players? But I did make the point that uh, Francona sells out very hard against lefties. He clears the bench against lefties. And I'm not sure that taking Naylor and Quan and Palacios out of the lineup is really... Uh, you know, the best situation because Clement was hitting like 200 against lefties and Oscar Mercado was hitting like below 200 against lefties. So I don't know why you're selling out so hard to uh, get these guys in the lineup. Well, Clement does prove me wrong. Mercado doesn't, but Clement does prove me wrong here. Um, Clement delivers a nice first pitch, just gets a hold of one and bloops it into left field. A nice, easy swing for a nice, easy base hit. And drives in another run. Keeps the rally going. Brings in Jose Ramirez to score. And then uh, Andres Jimenez would deliver a single. He would bloop one back up the middle. Brings in another run to score. Brings in Oscar Gonzalez to score. So uh, it's a good job by the Guardians of getting things going in that first inning. Three runs in that first inning. That is pretty incredible. By the way, Mercado is hitting 158 off of left-handed pitching. I had to double-check my tweet. 158. And he grounds out to end this rally right here. So, uh, yeah, I, I would I would maybe, you know, add one of them into the lineup. But you don't have to sell out with all these guys in the lineup if they're not all hitting left-handed pitching very well. 
But you know what? The recipe worked on the day. Mercado did make a nice catch in left field, uh, diving in on a ball that eh, maybe he didn't have to dive for, but he made a nice catch on it. Uh, but his bat doesn't really add anything offensively. He does end up scoring later, though, uh, on the Austin Hedges home run, which we are getting to. Um, yeah, let's keep rolling with the uh, with the Guardians offense because uh, in the second inning, it happens again. Ahmed Rosario doubles, and they intentionally walk Jose Ramirez again. They have the base open, I guess, so why not? This is with two outs here, so it's a little bit more understandable. Anything can really end this inning here. But they go ahead and hit Owen Miller with a pitch. So now the bases are loaded. So you just loaded the bases for your starting pitcher against Oscar Gonzalez. And Gonzalez hammering the ball every time he's up. Finally hits one under, you know, a hard hit exit velocity. Works a really good at-bat here. Um, let's go to this at-bat really quick here and see how many pitches Oscar Gonzalez goes in the second inning. Um, it ends up being an eight-pitch at-bat. Remember when he first came up, they were pitching him outside. Now the lefty here is pounding him inside. Everything is on the inside edge here. Whether it's a fastball, a slider, a changeup down that he takes for a ball. Uh, the first pitch was a nickel, knuckle curve that missed way up. But he gets him. He fouls off a lot of pitches, fouls off a lot of fastballs, gets him into a, you know a full count situation here. Wow, works it into a full count, which is impressive here with the bases loaded. Finally gets a slider down and in that's in the strike zone, and he ends up just grounding out to uh, Bobby Witt Jr. to end the rally. So a chance there for Oscar Gonzalez, and he works a really good at bat. That's the point here. That was a pro at bat. This guy is not going to take the walk. He doesn't walk very often because he is up swinging and making contact most of the time. I mean, fouls off. Uh, three pitches in this at bat, looking for a pitch to hit with the bases loaded, looking to deliver with the bases loaded. So yeah, they uh, they get out of the situation that time. The intentional walk doesn't hurt him, but it almost does. I mean, they end up with the bases loaded. Uh, then in the third inning, the Guardians would add on. Uh, at this point, the Royals had scored a few runs. We're going to get to that. Um, Ernie Clement kicks things off with a single, a 96-mile-per-hour exit velocity. Andres Jimenez gets a sack bunt here. He was bunting for a base hit. Actually, really interesting. This is why I kind of like listening to the TV broadcast right now. Because Andre not said that uh, Jimenez came up to him and told him, I was bunting for a base hit. Said he had worked on it every morning in spring training for an hour, laying down bunts for base hits. Wants that to be a tool. He was so mad at himself for not getting the base hit on this one that he had to do it his next time up and ends up getting a single to lead off the inning. So, uh, yeah, so he uh, moves a runner over. Oscar Mercado uh, gets his walk here, which leads to an Austin Hedges home run. A big three-run home run that really blows this game open. I believe it made it 6-2 at the time. I mean, this one, the exit velocity, he says in the dugout, like, I, he says after the game, I didn't, I didn't think I got a hold of one. Like, I didn't think I really hit it that well. Well, he's kind of right here. I mean, it's a 94.2 mile per hour exit velocity. It's down the line, so it only goes 344 feet. Um, but it's enough to clip that railing at the top of the left field wall in the corner. It only had an expected batting average of 200. So, Austin Hedges, you're kind of right. You didn't. You didn't get it all that well, but you got enough of it. And uh, Hedges can be a black hole offensively. I mean, could just be a black hole in the ninth spot in the lineup. He's hitting 155 on the season, but 
what he will do is every now and then he will get a hold of one to left field. And man, if you got runners on ahead of him, a three run home run from Austin Hedges is a gift, is a gift for Cal Quantrill. That's better than Christmas morning for Cal Quantrill. Uh, so yeah, Austin Hedges blows this game wide open. Um, and then the last runs of this game, once again, this storyline continues walking Jose Ramirez. Now this one was, uh, I should take that back. I should take that back. The storyline continues in the fourth inning, the fourth inning, because Ahmed Rosario finally ends the third inning with a fly out. So Jose Ramirez gets a lead off the fourth inning. What does he do on the first pitch? Boom, single, boom, shoots one back up the middle for a single. First pitch, he is not messing around, man. Uh, yeah, they finally can pitch to him with nobody on base to kick off the inning, and he's not messing around. Now, it doesn't come around to create a run, but uh, first pitch gets a single. Then in the sixth inning with one out, does draw a walk, a natural walk here. They weren't intentionally walking him. Maybe they were being careful with him, but they draw the walk here in the sixth inning, and that brings up Owen Miller, who shoots rockets. It uh, actually doesn't hit it that hard. Gets a double. And that brings up Oscar Gonzalez now with runners on second and third, one out. And once again, Oscar Gonzalez works a really good at-bat here. At this point, he's into the bullpen for uh, for the uh, Royals. And uh, first pitch, man, they're coming at him. They can't get it inside on him this time, though. First pitch, he fouls off a four-seam fastball, 99.1 mile-per-hour fastball. So Coleman thinks, all right, I'll slow this down. I'll go, uh, I'll go with a slider and slow things down. Well, he leaves it out over the plate where he can extend his hands, and he ends up shooting it in the left center field. Only 92.8. Frankly, it looked like a free and easy swing. It looked like, you know, when you're at the golf course and you're just trying to kill the ball and you keep slicing it, and someone tells you, hey, man, just slow down a little bit. Swing free and easy, and you end up hitting one right down the fairway. That's kind of what Oscar Gonzalez does here. A free and easy swing. Uh, takes that slider down the middle and shoots it into the left center field and then hustles. That speed's on display. I mean, it's not like this thing cleared the gap and went to the wall. The center fielder cuts it off, but he hustles in for a double. It's a two-run double, a two-RBI, his first RBIs uh, of his major league career. Not only that, Gonzalez now, looking at his game log, has had a hit in all five games. He's on a five-game hitting streak to start his major league career. He's had four of five games are multi-hit games. He's had two hits in four of the five games. And he's had three games now with a double. I mean, this is incredible stuff here. He's, he's hitting 429. He's slugging 571. He's got 1,000 OPS. This is incredible stuff to start your career for Oscar Gonzalez. And he's hitting the five hole here. Uh, behind Owen Miller. And, you know, when Naylor gets back, he'll probably move. Naylor was out because of the lefty. Because uh, he cleared the left as many lefties as he could out of the lineup. So when Naylor's back in the lineup, he'll probably drop down to sixth. I would still like to see Owen Miller be the one to drop down. But Oscar Gonzalez will probably drop down. And uh, when Fermil Reyes is back, we'll see if he hits sixth or seventh or something like that. There's no need to put a lot of pressure on the young guy. Remember when Manny Ramirez was a rookie and Jim Tomey was, you know, when these guys were rookies and young, they were hitting seventh and eighth too. Uh, of course, that's a lineup loaded with Albert Bell and Eddie Murray. But, you know, everybody kind of starts around, those power hitters start around that seven spot, and they work their way up. They find their spot, right spot on the lineup eventually. But hitting five here, Gonzalez delivers big with some RBIs in the sixth, kind of makes it a no-doubt-about-it game. 
All right, so that was everything going on offensively for your Guardians. It's a huge game offensively for the Guardians. Now let's flip over to the pitching side, the other storyline of this game. Uh, Cal Quantrill is, uh, has a really good start here. He does get into a little bit of trouble. Um, in the uh, second inning, a, a double from Hunter Dozier and a single from Isbell turns into a quick run in the second inning, but he gets out of it. And then in the third inning, he, this is where he's in his most trouble. A double to lead off the inning by Nicky Lopez. Uh, a single from Benatendi would bring in that run. Bobby Witt Jr. is hit by a pitch. Salvador Perez would strike out. And then MJ Melendez would single into right field, but he'd hit it too hard. 106.8 mile per hour exit velocity. It one hops right to Oscar Gonzalez. Now, we talked about this with Palacios. Um, maybe not knowing where to go to the ball. Some of the decision-making in the outfield, right? Sometimes getting caught between whether he should dive for a ball or catch it running. Uh, I'm not seeing that from Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez is showing me really, really strong decision-making in the outfield, mostly because Palacios is probably a converted outfielder who's trying to find a spot on the roster. Gonzalez has been playing outfield, I I don't know how long, maybe his whole career. I know in the Cleveland system, he's been an outfielder the whole time. He is not having any trouble with decision-making at the major league level, except deciding how many outs there are, which, yes, we get, we get. We talked about that one already. But he's been doing really good with the ball in play, knowing what to do. Uh, uh, there was another ball hit to him. I don't know if it was this game or earlier, where he knew you know he could run the ball down or had to go into a slide for it. So this, he knows exactly where he's going with the ball. It's something that I was taught at a very young age. When the ball is hit to you, you got to know where you're going with it. And he knew exactly where he was going. He was throwing home. He knew that runner was rounding third. He was throwing home. So he gets this ball cleanly, kind of takes a two-step crow hop to get into it, get his hips square. That is another important thing from an outfielder. You got to get your hips squared. You can't throw without your hips. Right, so you you know, someone make a spinning throw just to get the ball out of their hand quickly. He squares his hips, gets his body behind the throw, and throws a missile to Austin Hedges. It is slightly up the first base line, but Austin Hedges gets it on a one hop, a nice high hop. A good job by Austin Hedges of fielding this ball, and uh, it's a perfect hop for him to then dive back to the plate and lay the tag down on Benintendi trying to score. I don't even think Benintendi touched the plate. So, you know, there was no no review there, no challenge there. I don't even think he actually got skin on the plate uh, because he was trying to avoid the tag. So it's a great job defensively. It gets them out of the third inning, and then Quantrill just settles down. Shuts them down one, two, three in the fourth, one, two, three in the fifth, one, two, three in the sixth. I mean, absolutely fantastic job by Quantrill putting down the next nine batters in a row. That's huge stuff. Uh, going to the player breakdown for Quantrill, um, you know, not a huge CSW day. Wasn't really getting whiffs. And Quantrill doesn't. He's not a big swing and miss guy. On 45 swings, they only whiff five times. It's an 11% whiff rate. But he adds in 21 called strikes. 12 on the two-seam sinker. Nine on that cutter. Maybe, you know, Manning keeps calling it a slider. Everybody's got it listed as a cutter. He used to throw a slider. He throws it fast. It's an 89-mile-per-hour pitch. It's only three to four miles per hour below his his two-seam sinker and his fastball. And so most people are now considering it a cutter. I don't know what... I was trying to look up to see if he said in an interview what he calls the pitch. Um, but we're going to go with cutter. Even though Manning keeps saying slider, 
I think everybody's pretty sure this pitch is a cutter. And he, he did throw a slider earlier in his career. Um, but they only put this one in play. He gets nine called strikes on it. They only put it in play once at 54.7 mile per hour exit velocity. That is a really, really good job from that pitch. I apologize for the cough. I, I, I kept it going through that one. Still fighting that head cold. Um, so yeah, so Quantrill doesn't necessarily pop the CSW numbers. It's a 27% CSW total on the day. But he was very, very aggressive with those pitches. Really did a good job attacking these hitters. Keeping them off balance with the pitches that move a little bit. Some fastballs that move a little bit, right? And uh, does a good job on this day. Really pounding the uh, arm side of the plate. Especially with that two-seam sinker. Letting some cutters kind of find their way all over the place. I'm guessing a lot of these cutters to the glove side. Let's take a look here. Are they two left-handed left-handed batters? That would be my guess, coming in and attacking some left-handed batters. Now he kind of threw it all over to lefties or righties. Um, he used both sides of the plate with the cutter. A lot of two-seamers, though, to the arm side of the plate for Quantrill on the day. Uh, so it's a really, really good start, and that's what Quantrill's been giving you all season. I, his record might not be glowing, uh, you know, he might not be at eight wins or something like that. He's two and three with a three five two ERA after this game. The Cleveland starters have not been racking up the wins, but what Quantrill has been racking up is quality starts. Since getting fully stretched out, you know, at the, for the first few games they weren't letting him go that deep into games, but since the start in New York on April twenty third, he's gone at least six innings in every start. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts now in a row where he's gone at least six innings. Only once has he given up more than three runs. He gave up four runs to the White Sox on May 10th. So that's a lot of quality starts there. That's six quality starts in the last seven starts. That's pretty good stuff from Cal Quantrill, keeping his team in the game, uh, staying very aggressive with his hard stuff, with his breaking hard stuff, um, and yeah, giving his team a chance to win. And the offense really set him up nicely in this game. Um, let's see here. I'm curious, does this stuff move any more than anybody else in the league? Um, no, not really. Uh, his two seam sinker actually has a lot of drop to it. Um, and doesn't have that much horizontal movement to it. None of his pitches are, are considered elite as far as the movement of the pitch goes. Um, not much red here on the movement of his pitches on his stack cast page, but it's enough to get the job done. And uh, I guess to get some weak contact, uh, to get a lot of fielded outs. I mean, when he shuts down those nine in a row, they're mostly fielded outs here. One strikeout to Isbell, but we got pop outs, ground outs. We got a strikeout to Nicky Lopez, ground out, fly out to Benatendi, fly out, line out, ground out in the sixth inning there. So he does get into trouble in the seventh. And this is what I want to talk about here. Sam Henches is kind of my final storyline of the game. Sam Henches comes in in relief in a, a bit of a high leverage situation here. I mean, he's been pitching so well. Uh, there were probably some lefties up here. And so Sam Henches is going to get a chance to prove himself in the seventh inning of this game. All right, so the seventh inning doesn't start well for Quantrill. He hits Hunter Dozier to start the thing. He does get Isbell called out on strikes, but then Rivera with single put runners on first and second. So now they're going to Sam Henches to face Nicky Lopez. Uh, Lopez would come up and they would be very aggressive. I guess the plan was to be very, 
very aggressive against Sam Hentges because he's swinging first pitch fastball, lefty on lefty. He gets an inside fastball, and he ends up lining out to Oscar Mercado in left field. Uh, So, yeah, very aggressive first pitch swinging with the new guy out of the bullpen. Whit Merrifield would then come up. Whit Merrifield first pitch swinging as well, and he would hit a, uh, a double off the left field wall to Oscar Mercado. Dozier would come in to score. Emmanuel Rivera would go to third. So Hanches, Hanches in this high leverage situation does give up a big hit here. This is a, a two-out RBI here for Whit Merrifield, so give him credit where credit is due. Uh, they get a run across here, make it a 3-8 game, but he still only needs one out to get out of this thing, and up comes Benatendi. And this is the at-bat, lefty on lefty here. Uh, throws him. So the first pitch swinging from Nicky Lopez was a fastball, and he lines out. First pitch swinging from Whit Merrifield, also a fastball, and he gets a double off of it. Okay, we learn a little bit here. So what does he throw him? He throws Benatendi a first pitch slider at the knees on the plate, a pitch you got to swing at, and he swings through it for a strike. That's nice. That is thinking. That is learning. Then comes back with a four-seam fastball, just misses below the knees, uh, for ball one, tries to throw him another slider, misses with it. Now he's into a two-one count. All right, now he's into a tough count. Comes back with a four-seam fastball right under the hands, right on the edge of the plate. Man, this is nasty stuff from San Hedges. Lefty on lefty, if he can hit this location repeatedly, he is going to have a lot of success. So he gets him to swing through it for a strike. Now he's got a two-two count. Now he tries to throw him a chase slider. He probably throws it a little bit too wide, throws it in the dirt, kind of in the other batter's box. Not really a pitch you're going to get Benatendi to chase. Getting that a little more on the plate, you'd have a better chance of getting him to chase that pitch. Um, And then comes back in, though. He just went away. So he goes away, in gets the swinging strike. Goes away again, comes back in with some high heat, high and inside heat, gets him to foul tip it right in Austin Hedges' glove for the strikeout. And Sam Hedges has a good seventh inning, gets out of the seventh inning. Yes, he does let an inherited runner inherited runner come in to score, but he's really able to shut things down, learn. He learns quickly how they were attacking him, and he's able to make the adjustment here against Benatendi and get the strikeout on the left-handed hitter. That's his job, get lefties out. He got the two lefties that he faced out. So a great job by Sam Henches there to get them out of this thing in the seventh. That was, you know, if this is a Royals broadcast, this big storyline would be we had a chance in the seventh inning and we blew it. We couldn't hit Sam Henches enough. And uh, that would be the storyline from their podcast side. The storyline from our side is Sam Henches proves himself against some lefties, proves to be a tough pitcher in a tough situation. De Los Santos shuts things down in the eighth. And then Shaw does walk two guys in the ninth. But, you know, in an 8-3 lead is a perfect time to pitch Brian Shaw. Uh, He's able to get out of it. We get out of the ninth inning. It's fine. We get the win. Don't worry about Brian Shaw. All right, so those were the big storylines in this game. I mean, it's a great job by the Guardians of getting a solid win, a fun win. Frankly, it was a fun game. Uh, I was listening to a lot of it while hiking. Uh, you know, got to get the dog, got to get the baby some exercise in the evening. So I was listening to a lot of it, and it was a fun game to listen to. Um, you know, frankly, I put the TV broadcast on and just slide it in my pocket. I listen to the TV broadcast. I, I'm kind of enjoying it right, more right now. 
I kind of am. They, they talk more about the game, frankly. Um, and Andre Knott has good insights from down there at the end of the bench. He really does. Uh, the last storyline, in case you missed it, um, you know, again, I said they throw the Royals broadcast in there from time to time. And when Jose Cuas, I believe that's how it's pronounced, Cuas, when he made his debut, uh, this was a big story for the Royals, just like uh, Ghosts for our team was a converted fielder who tried out pitching and was able to make it work. Cuas was a converted uh, fielder who was out of baseball for a time. He was working at a FedEx office, and his brother wouldn't let him give up on the dream of playing baseball. So every day when he got home from work, he would pitch to his brother and work on pitching. And it and works. He makes it back to the major leagues. He makes his major league debut with the Royals, pitches a clean fifth inning, gets a strikeout, gets a first major league strikeout, uh, throwing mostly, it looks like, uh, sinkers and sliders here. So I'm guessing that two-seam fastball. Let's see what the velocity was on that. Coming in with a 93.8 average mile per hour sinker, gets it up to 95 miles per hour when he needed to. So congratulations on a Major League debut and a really good story that I'm guessing if you just listened to the Cleveland broadcast, you probably didn't get the full details on that one. So a really cool story there for a guy making his Major League debut. All right, that is all my thoughts on this game. What a good win, and these are the kind of wins we should be getting against the Kansas City Royals. Let's sweep this thing. Let's leave no doubt. Let's sweep this thing. Let's pad the record a little bit. Let's creep back towards 500 against the Kansas City Royals. It's a 1 o'clock game today. I'll tell you, I'm actually supposed to go to the game. I'm going to take my dad. I'm still on paternity leave. I've got a little bit of free time. I never get to go to these midweek day games. I'm actually really looking forward to this. And of course, they're calling for big thunderstorms in Cleveland this afternoon. So we'll see. I'm crossing my fingers that this is one of those situations because looking out the window this morning, there's blue skies. So I'm hoping this is one of those situations where they're like thunderstorms at 1 p.m. No, actually, we mean 3 p.m. Actually, we mean 7 p.m. So I'm hoping it's one of those situations. We're going, we're going down to the ballpark. We're ready for some baseball. Um, so yeah, so I'll have a little bit different experience for you. My first game of the season where I get to go. Uh, so I'll have a little bit different experience for you on the podcast uh, when I break down this uh, finale between the Royals and the Guardians, uh, this 110 start here. Let's get the sweep. Let's finish this thing off, right? Come on, Guardians. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Guardians 8, the Royals 3. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Hopefully, I'll have some cool photos and things that I can tweet out while I'm down there. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.